Today will be the last day of my husband's life. Ben and I have been married for one year, four months, and two days. Ben has just 16.5 hours left here on this earth with me, 16 and a half hours of time, and we have no idea the end is coming. Little do we know, the end of our future together is already set in motion. The clock is ticking. Ben will be brutally murdered right in front of me tonight by a male acquaintance who I have no idea has been stalking me. I will make the decision to follow an incredibly stupid law of the state of Tennessee and leave my permitted handgun, which my husband bought for me as a birthday gift, locked in my vehicle tonight. Because of that law, I will have no way to defend my husband and he will die in a room full of helpless people. Instead of blaming the gun like so many other victims of violent crime, I choose to stand for what I know is right. I take the opposite position and help in a movement of freedom to defend our Second Amendment rights, so law-abiding citizens can at least have a fighting chance to protect themselves from predators like Ben's murderer, a chance Ben and I were denied. Our story will be told in the United States and abroad as an example of what can happen when law-abiding citizens are disarmed. I recall that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you grow stronger. And I am about to find out if it is true. My life is about to change forever. 6 a.m. My alarm clock just went off. My husband and I are lying in our bed half awake. Ben was laid off from his job as a graphics coordinator a little over a month earlier. This was Thursday, and I recall waking up with an overwhelming desire to stay home from work and be with my husband. I had no idea at the time that this move would give me the opportunity to have those last precious moments with the man I had chosen to spend the rest of my life. At the time, I worked at a vocational college as a financial aid advisor. I advised students on possible financial aid packages for higher education programs they were interested in. Most of the people that came in were very nice and looking for a brighter future. Little did they know, with the state of our economy and today's job market, even with a higher education, they would have to struggle to find work. Chances are they may have to take a job that is not what they really want to do or they will have to take a part-time job. But like so many Americans, they will do it in order to pay the bills. It took me almost a year to get this job. I sat in a cubicle day in and day out doing the same repetitive spreadsheets for every tattooed, pierced, name-brand clothing-wearing young person with a cell phone nicer than mine who walked in the door. Many prospective students even had multiple children, and I wondered how they got by with more expenses than I had myself. Many of these young adults were on food stamps and in Section 8 public housing. But at least these were young people who cared about their future and wanted a better life and were willing to work for it instead of just remaining on government assistance. I respected that. The one thing I really enjoyed about the job was the many seminars I ran for students getting ready to graduate. I talked with them about the financial aid process and repaying their loans, budgeting, and using their money wisely once they graduated. I used this opportunity to talk with them about Dave Ramsey and his advice on how to live within your means in his book called Financial Peace. I try to live by that book myself, and I wanted them to learn about living debt-free and about ways to accomplish that goal. But even though I enjoyed doing this, my mind wandered and I thought of how I had been working in the business world for the past eight years since I graduated college at the University of Tennessee and how I made only about $3,000 more than I did coming out of college. 
I was grateful I had a job, but still somewhat jaded by my pay scale. This was not what I had planned on doing career-wise. I had hopes of going to graduate school and perhaps advancing myself and taking my psychology degree further by studying forensic psychology or possibly law. Well, as with many people, life happened, bills happened, and I did not ever get back in school. I was in my early 30s at the time, and career-wise was not where I wanted to be. But Ben, he was the one bright, shining part of my life. We were married on New Year's Eve 2007, and I was absolutely head over heels madly in love with my husband. I knew that no matter what happened in my life, whether it be with my career or anything else, I would be okay because I had been.